Community Matters. Now, one hour. Powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Dickman at Washington in downtown Battle Creek and shoplakeviewford.com. You're with us on Community Matters on 95.3 WBCK, Saturdays after the 8 o'clock news and anytime at battlecreekpodcast.com. Richard Pyatt here with you. Well, the talk of our area certainly has been the big blue oval battery plant Ford Motor Company intends to open at the Marshall Megasite. Among the players in this whole development is the Marshall Area Economic Development Alliance, also known as MEDA. Jim Durian is the CEO, and he joins us today. Hi, Jim. Hey, Richard. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. Boy, this is further than we've been ever for the mega site, right? I mean, we've been to the precipice <laughs> a few times in terms of finding a tenant, I suppose, if you will, for this site, a purpose for it, but we've not been this far before, have we? No, the site's got, uh, I'm, I've been in my role for about two and a half, almost three years. It'll be three years in August, but I know that the site has a long history. So it goes back to like even before the 1990s. But I think in the 90s, there was uh, some interest from some smaller companies. And then it kind of things kind of heated up a little bit where I think Toyota and Volkswagen came in in the 2000s and we're looking at the site. But the site was never really competitive until recently. And so over the past year and a half or two years, a lot of focus has been on developing the site. And definitely in the past like nine months to a year, we did strategic site planning work. They had some initial public hearings in like 2018 and 2019, and then COVID hit. So everything kind of shut down. And then I came in during COVID. And once in that spring after COVID, that's when things really heated up. And then we've got funding to to do extensive strategic site planning and then funding to purchase property and begin building out the site. And once we did that, we got some strong interest from several companies and then Ford reached out. And for several months, we've been working closely with Ford to uh, further develop the site and and make sure that the site was viable for Ford's project. And then just a few weeks ago, we reached a point where Ford was happy with the progress and could make an announcement. So that's kind of the, a little bit of history or background related to where we're at. So we're, we're very excited to have Ford of all companies, the Michigan company, come in and uh, and eventually own and build the facility. What made it competitive or, or more competitive in these recent months? Was it simply the building out and, and the, the funding associated with that that was the push you needed, would you say? Yeah, the location for the site has always, it's always been a great location. It's at the crossroads of 69 and 94. And on one side of the uh, mega site, you have a 69 exit. And on the other end, you've got 94. And then you've got, uh, it's got rail access. So it's got highway rail. It's flat. It's a good buildable site. So what really made the difference was funding to purchase the property and to take that next step. So we purchase it and then we do the 425s to move it over to the, from the township to the city where then you can provide utilities. So taking those next development steps and actually purchasing the property were kind of key milestones to make it a viable site. 
Yeah. Speaking of that, the the 425 process is being used now, right? We're at that point here in the process where some of that's taking place, including some of the, uh, I guess you'd say, border properties or ancillary properties that are integral to this development, uh, apparently integral, I understand. And so there are some folks who've been offered an amount for their properties and, and they've come forward and accepted those. Others have said, no, they don't want to do that. So how do you look at that now? Are, are those who say no? And of course, the, the mayor and others have been careful in saying, you know, we're, we don't want to take anybody's property. That's not going to happen. But how do you view this now? Are those properties integral to this? And what kind of a challenge does that create if you don't have them? Yeah, so the, the three major landowners, three large landowners that owned the bulk of the site, and most of that was vacant. It was land that did not have residential property on it. Okay. So Cirrus, for example, was a developer that owned 750 acres of the site. And that's like the, at the heart of the mega site. That's where Ford's going to build their facility. And so the bulk of the site is um, either vacant or, or farmland. And then we build out from that. And so we had to pick up some additional additional residential properties kind of on the outskirts of of those key kind of acreage in the, in, at the center of the site. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have all of the parcels we need. We've actually closed on all the parcels we need for this Ford project. The overall mega site is, is up to 2,000 acres, but Ford only needs uh, 950 acres. And then we've closed on about 1,300 acres, 900 acres of which will be the Ford facility. And so we initially had option agreements that we uh, negotiated with landowners. No one was forced to sign an option. It's really a choice that the landowner has had to enter into the option agreement. It's always been a choice. Landowners can refuse the, the sale. That's their right. But landowners have gotten a lot of money to enter into the purchase agreement. It's a process where it's a partnership with landowners. And, uh, you know, they've made, in some cases, you know, twice as much or more of what their property is worth. Yeah, right. I, I presume that that's the mindset here, right? When you when you meet someone who could whose property could be useful to the project, when you approach them, you expect to pay, I presume, uh, more than an average sale in order to make that work, right? Yeah, it's a negotiation process. I mean, some properties are more valuable than others. So if, if if you have a residential property that's in a strategic location, then you have more leverage to ask for funding as part of the agreement. But generally, we've, we've tried to be advocates for landowners and for the community and try to get them uh, the best deal that we can. We're trying to make everybody happy as we partner with them to build out the site. So when you talk about the overall role of Meta in this process, I mean, there have been several players, right? But uh, the overall role, is that <laughs> is that how you describe it, trying to make everybody happy? <laughs> yeah. So Meta is a, we do the tourism and the economic development for Marshall and the surrounding townships, you know, the city of Marshall and the surrounding townships. So we, we're the Chamber of Commerce. We run the Welcome Center. We put on events. So, uh, you know, one day we're dressing up skeletons for Skeleton Fest, and then the next we're doing a multi-billion dollar project for Ford. So it's a it's a weird situation, but it's a lot of fun. And 
we do try to be advocates for the for the community as we as we go about these projects. It runs the gamut, I suppose uh, you might say. Yeah. So certainly there's been a lot of discussion about this, all these moving parts that have to come together and various stages of this process. Uh, but certainly one of the things that comes up is the notion of taxpayer dollars to make deals like this work, right? I mean, even the even Steve Frisbee, the, the vice chair of the uh, Cal- Calhoun County Board, said to me last week, you know, I, I generally don't like this kind of stuff, the, spending taxpayer money to tr- try and attract a development like this. But uh, is it your view that this is what we have to do to make these things work? I think uh, most people do not like the process of uh, of these big deals, but it's the it's kind of the world we live in. And in order to be competitive with others, we've been losing out to other states year after year, especially you know southern states like uh, Texas and Kentucky and Tennessee and Georgia. So it's something you have to do to compete. And so if you want to bring good manufacturing jobs and a new facility to your community, you really have to play the game and, and do what you can. You can only work with the, in the world with the hand you're given. So instead of a project like this going to a, nut, going to a different uh, location in Michigan or to a different state, you know, we want to bring those jobs and those billions of dollars of investment. We want to bring those to Marshall and our local into our local region i think uh there was some analysis i read a, a story i read that decided to take the amount of money it's going to take taxpayer money to entice this project and make it happen and and uh divided it out <laughs> among the 2500 jobs and said you know it's going to be $700,000 a job in, in this investment so you know when you look at when you make the numbers Neon lights like that, you're like, whoa, it, it seems to be a lot. But one might say, tell me if I'm wrong, one might say this is how you invest in the future. And, and by virtue of that, my second question related to that would be, uh, how do you measure that investment? So 700000 a job. But you know, if these jobs are going to be here for some time, plus the ripple effects of this, how do you even calculate that? I've seen everything from 700000 to 300000 um, some of that's a bit fuzzy math. Uh, so <laughs> you, you got to kind of dig into that a little bit. And I think we do need to pull the data together to, to respond to that, you know, that criticism's out there and we need to explain that, you know, it's, it's 2,500 jobs over a period of decades, not a one year thing. So it's 2,500 jobs, likely, you know, wages would be, and I'm just estimating, but you'd have to talk to Ford about their wages. But I mean, generally, it's between 20 and $50 an hour. And then benefits are, you know, you've got benefits that are not included in that number. And then you've got all the ancillary jobs that are created as well. Um, supply and, and those jobs will go f- go to the region, you know, everything from suppliers to housing and coffee shops and other uh, there are other ripple benefits that aren't really figured into that that we need to put together and explain to people you mentioned tourism certainly a part of the job that you're doing is related to attracting tourist traffic to this area how does this affect that do you look at this differently when you say here's our area come and visit we do the tourism, which means we we put on events 
uh, to attract people to the community. We support uh, other organizations that put on events. We do guided history tours and we've got museums. So so we have a tourism, I don't want to say infrastructure, but ecosystem, I guess, whatever the proper buzzword is. <laughs> uh, but So we have all these tourism services and supports that we do. And 2,500 workers means that you've got more people living in the region. And obviously those people are not going to all live in Marshall, but they'll live in the region and you've got more families with income that will be spending their money in Marshall and in the region, coming to our events, shopping at our downtown and at our businesses throughout Marshall. So, uh, and there'll, there'll be more housing in the in the area. And then also if, you know, presumably, you know, we get funding to support our tourism in part through accommodations tax, which are the hotels in Marshall. And so with more demand for housing and for hotels, you know, there'll probably be additional hotel rooms and hotels. And that's good for us. That's more funding that can go to to Meta, you know, to choose Marshalls. That that's the other name of our, our organization. So it's funding that will then go out to um, support tourism. So it Overall, I think it's definitely a benefit to the community. And the presumption is, too, that with more people rooted in the community, there'd be more attendees at some of those events, right? Yeah, absolutely. More attendees, more people uh, shopping in our community and spending money here and supporting our museums and our Mm -hmm. historical homes. So what's the big challenge you see right now? This is um, this is in the process. It, it, you know, if Ford and the state are comfortable, and, and really all of you, in saying this is what's going to happen, it's it's a done deal. Are there any roadblocks or potential hurdles that we have yet to focus on? I don't know if I would call them roadblocks, but there are definitely next steps. So uh, getting the funding through the legislature developing a site plan that the public is is happy with. We have more public hearings and opportunities for the for the public to have input. So designing the facility uh, so that it addresses some of those concerns related to noise and pollution and and communicating with the public and get and explaining the uh, battery safety and um, the response and and being able to explain the next steps and getting public input incorporated into the development, I think, is the are the major next steps to getting the project completed. Are you involved? You meaning Meta involved in the public hearing scheduling and publicity and all of that? It's a two track thing. So you've got township, city, county involved in the planning process and so that's not a that's not really a meta thing um that that's a government thing and those are public hearings you know we work to try to coordinate and and communicate information but really those are government processes that move forward and then separately there's a kind of a community engagement piece and so ford and the state and meta will work together to try to communicate with the public. So it's really it's really a partnership between several different entities on that community engagement part. Well, we certainly will do our best to uh, let folks know when those occasions are scheduled so they can make time to offer their input. 
When you, Jim, meet someone who is trepidatious or maybe more fervently against this, uh, how do you present it? What What's your input that you can give them that might uh, help them see all sides? So previously, before the announcement, for one thing, we didn't have a company that we could talk about or a project we could talk about. We just had a site. And then when we're working with the company, we're, we have non-disclosure agreements where we, we can't communicate very much. Now that we know who the company is and what they're going to be manufacturing, that makes it a lot easier. So now we can, as these questions come up related to you know, environmental safety and, and battery manufacturing and impact on roads, we, we kind of, uh, we can deal with those questions and go back to, you know, talk to Eagle who regulates, um, does environmental regulation, talk to M, get feedback from MDOT, get feedback from Ford, and then address those questions as they come up. So it's really uh, kind of listening and responding to the questions as they, as they arise. Have some of them been negative and how did you respond to that? So there are people who are opposed to development, pretty much any kind of development. And that's, I think that's a fairly small group. And then there are people in the middle that kind of have questions and they are, you know, don't know what to expect. And then there, I would say the majority is for the project or the more they learn they're, they're, you know, they're, they're for it. There's widespread public support. We've got dozens of letters of support that we presented to the township and the city. Ford came, it was at two weeks ago to Schuler's and standing room only over a hundred people and very positive. I get calls and emails that are that are very positive. When you look at the votes, there was a six to zero county vote. There was a five to zero and a and a six to one city vote and then a four to one township vote. So at all levels, if you look at the the elected officials' votes, they're reflecting their community, and the votes haven't even been close. So I think if you look at the votes and look at the data, there's strong support for it, and it's it's the job of Meta and of Ford and of the state to communicate and respond to people's questions when they come up. So I think the support is there and it's up to us to keep moving that ball forward by responding with data and responding responsibly to people's concerns and questions. But I think that in the big picture, there's broad support. Ford's a a Michigan company. It's going to be owned by Ford. They're going to be Ford employees working at the plant. So there's a lot of support to work with. I suppose we could say this plant almost went to Virginia. <laughs> and uh, in Virginia, they got caught up in the China component, the the notion that Ford will be using technology from a Chinese company to to build batteries. And most most American companies that are, I believe, are using that technology as well. Was there ever a time in, in the, your mind or others with whom you work at Meta where you said, yeah, maybe we ought to think about that? Or was that just something that uh, that wasn't a factor? Yeah, it's funny because we had already been working with Ford when Governor of Virginia made that announcement. So we knew what the partnership or what it, what it all looked like. You know, like I said, it's a Ford company. It's Ford employees. So Ford's partnering with them, bringing the supply chain back home. To a certain extent, we have to rely on the Chinese in order to to tap into their knowledge about making batteries. 
but we're, we're tapping into that knowledge and then bringing those jobs home to America and to Michigan and to Marshall. And I think I would think that's what we want. I would think that that's a good thing that instead of the workers in China building the batteries, we've got Marshall, Michigan employees building them. And under local, state, and federal law, U.S. law. So I, I think that's all a good thing, bringing those jobs to, back to the United States. We've talked for years about the notion of of trying to to have jobs situated in this country rather than elsewhere, and this seems to be it seems to be that opportunity. As I understand it, you're right. Uh, the the technology around this has been um, advanced in China. And so the American companies interested in it will will have to work with them in order to employ that technology here uh, with us. So uh, that's interesting. But yeah, you were talking to Ford. And by the way, we have asked Ford for an interview and we've had a we've had an initial favorable response to that. So looking forward to that uh, scheduling and bringing them to community matters as well. But uh, we presumed then that Ford was talking to you. They were talking to Virginia, maybe somewhere else. And their intent was to pick the best deal, the best place for this plant after they evaluated all the factors. I presume this happens all the time. There's competition happening. Yeah, with any of these deals, there are multiple states, multiple countries often involved in these negotiations. So it's, we've had other companies, you know, sometimes they'll tell us, they'll say, well, it's between Michigan and four other states. So that was the case with Ford as well. They had other location. from my, my understanding is they had other locations that they were looking at. And uh, this was just the best location for them to locate their battery park. All right. Well, Jim, we appreciate the time. And um, as these things uh, cross new thresholds and advance, we'd be glad to uh, catch up with you again and get an update. All right. Sounds good, Richard. Thank you, Jim Durian with MEDA, Marshall Area Economic Development Alliance. You may know them, of course, as Choose Marshall. Mm-hmm.